So today, man, we have. Uh, hey, good seeing you, man. Well, I was gonna say, hold on a second. Hold on a second. If you're watching on YouTube right now, Darren's Darren's fronting a little bit. I'm not front. No, <laughs> you ain't gotta bring up shit. No, you, you didn't have to bring this up. We're playing hurt today. You're playing a little, and a you're little trying damage. to be a tough guy. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I didn't want you to bring it up because I don't want my wife to watch this episode oh, yeah. and the doctor to watch this episode. I had shoulder surgery last week. Last and He's supposed yeah. to be wearing a sling, but he's being tough no, right now. I feel good, tough. man. I feel good right now. I mean, this you is... You look good. I'm, I'm been getting, I haven't been working out, but I've been moving yeah. around. The doctor's orders, moving around, get the blood flow. So you're, you're I'm doing just enough. You're suffering from a severe case of old-ass man disease. Yeah, I am. I got the little raptor thing going on, too, so <laughs> my arms are stuck. Still killed those 20 push-ups, though. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that still looks better than anybody I know, so... <laughs> well, thank you. Well, hey, we're going to get going, man, because this yeah. is... Is this not about you? No, this is oh, not okay. about me, man. Okay. This is... You know, this show today, man, is about uh, a, a guy that... I've watched him afar and ended up getting to know him, you know, later on through our wives' relationship, but have seen him just grow and just take this trajectory that has just been amazing at a young age. And, you know, we always talk about people in, in, in certain ways when they're gone. You know what I mean? Yep. Like we never yep. say the good things about people when they're, they're right here with mm -hmm. you, man. But this guy has been an inspiration and I'm 20 some 30 years older than him, you know? But he is, he's inspired me in a lot of ways, and not only myself, but my wife and, and close friends. And it's, it's crazy because you, you're inspired by what he's done in the business world, but you're more inspired by the way he's handled himself. Mm. It's just the way people talk about him. And that's, that's, that shows a sign of character, leadership, and all the things that you want in your own kids is mm -hmm. you know, that type of, of, of gentleman. So here, I'm going to read a little bit on our guest today, who is Scott, Scott, Scott Everett. Scott Everett started his career in real estate in 2007 after receiving his license. He formed Royal Ventures LLC in 2008 to provide brokerage, asset management, and development services for multifamily and commercial investors. In 2012, he founded S2 Capital to acquire and redevelop multifamily real estate. In the past 10 years, as CEO of S2 Capital, he has built a real estate investment company that is Acquired over 10 billion of multifamily assets and three operating companies that generate annual revenues in excess of 500 million. With over 600 employees, he manages the company's acquisition and investment strategy. Blah 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 <laughs> blah. Blah blah blah. Exactly <laughs> blah right. blah blah. That's how it goes there, that's, and that's, <laughs> that's what we're going to give you, man. So, Scott, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I, I'm a little salty, Darren. I'll be honest. You were, you were describing Scott to me and talking about Scott and, and telling me about his resume. And I never met Scott. I'm, this is the first time I'm seeing him. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, all right, this is going to be a, you know, a, a gray-haired, older gentleman that's you know, lived a lot of life. And <laughs> right. Dude's younger than me. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, sitting, feel, I feel old. I've, you know, I, I tell people I, got, I had my first child when I was, uh, I was entering prom of senior year. In mm. high school. 17, 18. Yeah, I was just 18, uh -huh. literally mm. by about a month, entering prom, and that week found out that I was going to be a dad. Ugh. And, you know, it was like, okay, time to get to work. That'll that's make where we fast. went. And that's where yeah. you went. Okay, so let's go back. Though. Let's talk about your family history. Growing up, where'd you grow up? What was the family dynamic? So grew up, first half of my life was in Duncanville. Um, so born and raised in Duncanville. Dallas. Duncanville. Uh, I thought I was going to be a Panther. But uh, <laughs> uh, heading into middle school, late middle school, moved over to Flower Mound. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, grew up there with three brothers, mom, dad. 
Uh, went to Marcus High School mm-hmm. um, and, you know, spent that time. And then, uh, of course, baby arrived and, you know, kind of bounced around up there. But lived with my uh, with my parents until I was 22. Um, mm. That was 2012 when I started S2. And I finally got a deal done and could afford to move out. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of... There was a lot of time period in that five years of raising a kid and growing up and mm-hmm. living at home and trying to be an entrepreneur, you know, and everyone just looks at you like you're freaking crazy because right. uh, you're, you know, it's just failure after failure. But sure. um, So yeah. where do you fall in line as far as the kids are concerned? What five, are you the oldest or the... I'm, so I'm the oldest, yeah. So we're all two years. Okay. Um, so we, we grew up in a three-bedroom, you know, 1,800-square-foot home, one bathroom, one shower, four boys. I mean... Those high school days were just terrible. Uh, <laughs> and so um, all my brothers are two years apart, so it kind of goes down the road. Um, and all of them went to tech, so I kind of consider myself mm. a tech graduate. Uh, I've visited enough, that's for sure. And um, we all work together. So it's been, it's been awesome kind of growing up together and going through life together. Yeah, you're, you're describing the way I grew up. I have three brothers as well. We're all two years apart. I'm third in line, not the oldest, but same thing. One one bathroom shared amongst four boys. Yeah. It, it has this chaos. For you growing up, you know, obviously you had that, you know, your first child when you were 18. That's a big life change, obviously. But before that point, what did you want to do? What did you want to be? What did you aspire? What were you thinking about when you, you know, were growing up? Um, it was fun. It was weird. You know, I, uh, I always wanted to work. I, I worked since the day I was 15. I was a cart boy at Albertsons, mm-hmm. uh, bagging groceries and, and getting carts. And uh, as soon as I turned 16, I took out my own car note. And, you know, I worked at, uh, I worked, I think, 19 jobs between 15 and, and, uh, and 20. Wow. Um, I would just, you know, if I could make a dollar more an hour somewhere, I'd go do it. Right. I'd just quit. Yeah. Did your spot. parents make you go work or was this on your own? No, they didn't make me. They just, you know, I, I think about it back in the day. You know, we, we didn't have much. You know, and so what was given to us was, you know, best my parents could do. But I just always kind of was like, well, I think I'll do a little more. Uh, and I don't mind working, and, and I want to buy this car, so I'm going to do it. But when I was about 16, I, I got hooked into kind of being an entrepreneur, and I, I, uh, I played a lot of video games. So I started building um, computer uh, gaming machines, mm. and I would sell them on eBay. Um, and, you know, that, that back then they didn't have all these kind of new cool ones. You had to kind of customize and build them. Yeah. And I uh, made a little bit of money, and then I decided to buy a bunch of Bluetooth headsets, you know, the ones that would walk yeah. around with back then, yeah. and uh, bought them in from China, and I thought I was buying headsets to sell wholesale and then sell retail, and I was really just buying the pieces that were all broken, and so I lost all the money Jeez. I'd made. <laughs> that was my first lesson. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I just, I always wanted to be a business owner. I don't know why or how, but, um, you know, I always tell people I was, I was, uh, I didn't know how to code, so I couldn't go into tech. Right. I'm not smart enough to run a hedge fund, so I just fell into real estate. <laughs> <laughs> fell into real estate. Yeah. So, Dad, I, I mean, I, and I've, you got to meet Dad. Dad's what six? Well, first of all, you got to meet the entire family. There's no one under six three, right? Yeah, I'm the short one. I'm You're, six four. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are they still in Flower Mound? Uh, no, all here in Dallas now. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. But they're all six, 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 five, six, 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 seven. Oh, it's man. like a basketball team when they walk in. Yeah, yeah. we we call we call my uh, my brothers though. They're they're six, seven. We call them credit card because you can't fit a credit card underneath <laughs> their feet when they jump. <laughs> I mean, so six, seven, and they went nowhere. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so was your dad? Was your dad pretty tough? I mean, because I, I I know him. I got I've gotten to know him, and it's you know. I'm asking this question because I, I, I kind of yeah. know him, but I don't know him on how he was when, when he was raising you guys. Was he tough on you guys? Yeah, I mean, he, they were definitely strict, uh, way stricter with me, and I was the, kind of the rebel. 
You know, if you'd have looked back then, you know, I had my eyebrow pierced, my tongue pierced. I was, mm. you know, doing all types of stuff to my hair. And I was, I mean, I was bottom 10% of my, my class. I was in all types of detentions and suspensions and all types of nonsense. Um, so at the time, my parents were freaking out. Like, I'm going to be uh. just total. And then, mm-hmm. you know, a kid comes along. I find out she's pregnant. And, you know, so like in their mind, you know, it's just like, how do we keep this, um, this kid on the rail? So they were super, super strict. Um, but you know, I think ultimately, and, and on top of that, when I, about a month after I found out I was having a, a baby, they filed for divorce. So mm. it was kind of mm. like all that strict and all the you know stuff, it all just kind of fell apart. And it was just like, you know, they've got their own stuff to worry about. So right. Scott's going to focus on whatever Scott has to focus on. What was it about entrepreneurship? Because I want to come back to the, the baby part. But what was it about entrepreneurship that, that drew you? Was it the money? Was it the leadership? Was it creation? What was it about I think it? it was, for me, it was just always building something that I had total control and responsibility over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of watched my, you know, and it's weird. Like, you think to your parents. Like, my parents always kind of dangled money over my head. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't have much of it. But it was like, you talk back, I'm taking your phone. You talk back, I'm taking your car. You talk, right. It's like... I'm tired of being told you're going to take all my stuff. (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of weird. It's like, you know, you start thinking, well, how do I go about building something where I control my destiny? And I can kind of, and that kind of set me down the path. Um, And, you know, I was a terrible student. Like I said, I was bottom of my class. That's one thing I can't believe that you were that bad of a student. Yeah, I was terrible. I mean, I was in summer school. Or was it just? I think, you know, I mean, we can go down the path of like, the public education system is totally broken, right? So it's like, there was just a, a lot of things that were missed. And, you know, um, I, I think I love to learn. I love to read. I'm a terrible student mm-hmm. in the system that I think exists today. Um, and so, I mean, I'd spend my, my days and weekends at Barnes and Noble. Just I would just read and mm-hmm. I would consume anything that I wanted to. I couldn't afford to buy a book. So I would sit there and I would just read the book and put it back. Um, did that all summer after I graduated high school. And that's pretty much how I taught myself real estate. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, um, I tell people, it's like, I, I, I didn't have a great education. I had no parent connections to entrepreneurial estate or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, you just put in the work and the resources are out there. It's amazing today yeah. with the internet, what you yeah. can learn. Yeah. yeah if, if you, if you think about the box and the neat, what, what goes neatly in the box, it's not, I was a horrible student. I had a child at 18, you know, made terrible, great. Like, that's not really what you think of when you think of, all right, now he's, you know, multi-million dollar producer so you're right that those kids do get missed it's just a different you were just talented in different ways yeah it sounds like yeah and not the standard typical you know this is just check the box type of way you know i tell a lot of kids you know we have a lot of interns and and analysts and all types of people come through our, our program and i i've just found that the number one factor that leads to success in in the kids that we see is just curiosity Mm. too many people want to talk and try to tell you how much they know. They don't want to shut up and listen. And then when they do listen, they don't want to listen intently to go search for the answers. Mm. And I mean, you can just see it when you're talking to these kids, who's going to, who's going to go on and do great things. I mean, they are note taking, they are asking all the right questions and they just generally are curious, want to learn and listen. And I think that's very underappreciated skill it is something that some of those kids that they just show up to like yeah. every day. They just show up, show up. You know, they don't miss days. They're consistent. You know, they're going to be there and they just happen to just run into things every once yeah, in a while, you know, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Don't make excuses. Show up, put in the work, 
good things happen. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're 18. You're about to be 18 years old. Talk to us about the time. Well, when you were about to have your first child, what was going through your mind? How did you find out? So that's a good story. I found out, you know, over the over the phone after a test. Uh, mm. Took a few, so obviously it was like, okay, doing this. Uh, I know how my parents were. You know, they were gonna just beat me to uh, beat me over the head, and so I just texted my dad. Hey, Dad, uh, you know, Jessica's pregnant. I'm having a kid. Uh, it's due in December. And I just texted that and turned my phone off. And I went <laughs> mm. and watched a movie. And I just decided, you know what? I'm yeah. just going to give him a moment. <laughs> because him a moment. he is going <laughs> to kill me. So, you know, I just... How long was that moment? It was a good two and a half hours. It was at least a movie. The best part was that that Seth Rogen movie, Knocked Up, had just released. Oh, So I went and I was like, I mean, what better way to learn? I'm going to go watch a movie. So I go watch it. I come back. Everyone's kind of like digested. And, you know, we we work it out. And uh, we didn't have insurance, so had to save. And... uh, I remember it had a little jar. It was eight grand to get the delivery. Mm-hmm. And uh, every month money goes in from, from the pay, from the job. Um, saved up and there we go. Right. And then right after that, I decided I'm going to quit my job and be an entrepreneur. How did y'all navigate raising, you know, did y'all stay together? What, what did, how did y'all navigate yeah, that Yeah, no, we, we were together. I mean, not, you know, so my career kind of started, I was saving up money. Best Buy was my kind of, at the time, you know, job for full-time and all that. But right after he was born, I, I quit. And that was 07. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was going to go do real estate. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd written up a business plan. I was going to go flip houses. I was going to go raise some money from wherever. Um, and so I didn't tell anybody because I was worried they'd tell me that's a dumb idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I'm going to go do it, and I'll just make it happen. So... I switched my job to bartending at night, uh, and during the day I would focus on school. Mm-hmm. But really, I was doing this. So what I did was, I uh, I came up with probably the, looking back the stupidest scheme possible. But um, I would take my student. I, I went out and got student loans from J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. um, about fifty grand. Uh, I put the money on my credit card with the school, mm-hmm. got the loans. Enrolled with my credit card, sent J.P. Morgan proof of enrollment so they wouldn't call my loans due, and then I would cancel and I'd get my money back on my credit card. Who the hell talks? I was just saying, how did you know to do you, this? I just don't figure that shit out by yourself. <laughs> was this well, first off, that's the one debt in life that's not forgivable in bankruptcy. Right. So that was the worst way to do it, but it was the easiest money to get, and so that I just figured that out. That was, and so that was my money. That was basically my seed investor, and I was going to go flip houses. <laughs> And that's how you got started. And that's how I got started on how not to do real estate. How not yeah. to do real estate. <laughs> but, but real estate was birthed, that's a dumb word, was born from just going to Barnes & Noble and reading about it, right? Is that what piqued that's, your interest? Well, so yeah. So I, I, I truthfully, um, I was, I mean, in 06, 07 at the time, all the craze was flipping homes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's what kind of led to the great financial crisis in 08, um, and so I think there was just a lot of stuff in your face and head and mm-hmm. I was a young, dumb kid and mm-hmm. just thinking, you know, what the heck, let's give it a whirl. Um, but I always tell people, I mean, it, truthfully, it was, it was, I remember in high school, I read, there was an article on Blackstone on Forbes about basically the Kings of 
real estate. And it was all about John Gray and private equity and Blackstone. And I just remember looking at the billionaire list and you're like, truthfully, it's hedge funds, technology companies and real estate. Mm -hmm. And I mean, truth be told, it was like, Seems like uh, seems like a lot of people know how to make money in real estate. Mm-hmm. I mean, might as well get in a. Yeah. I've always heard if you're if you're in, um, you know, if you can get in the fastest tide, just row fast. Like that's you don't mm-hmm. need to get super creative with it. You don't have to reinvent wheels and industries and all that. Just get in and go. Right. And so that was kind of what I what I decided to do. So you decide to go in that direction. What was the that first year like as far as investing? So it was terrible because the markets imploded. Right. Right. Yeah. So um, I spent, I took the money out. I spent a little time kind of getting all the docs and legal stuff. I was chasing some deals. 08 hit, Bear Stearns, great financial crisis, mm-hmm. worst recession in, you know, 80 years, whatever. Looking back, it was amazing because I still to this day live with just, you know, every morning I was up at 5 a.m., I was feeding the kid or, or hanging out, and I was just watching CNBC, just learning everything I could. Mm-hmm. And that, I just, I mean, I vividly remember just the ultimate nightmare scenarios people were going through in those times and how much people were losing and how leverage just killed everybody and, you know, what can happen with uh, when people kind of get the herd mentality of, you know, let's just, you know, follow the herd. And so it still sticks to me this day, but... Um, I basically lost the guy that was going to help me kind of figure out how to do single family. He had to go get a job. So mm-hmm. his, his little portfolio blew up. So I, um, I was reading art of the deal by, by Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And you know, he talks yeah. about buying an office tower in 1988 or whatever, after the, the SNL crisis. And I was like, well, that's, I mean, we're kind of in that, like, let's mm-hmm. look at office towers. So, I got on a loop net, looked at office towers that were, you know, distressed. And I just started, I took my mom's infinity. So I looked rich and <laughs> I drove down to this building and I just started looking around. I told people I had a family trust that was, I was looking to invest for them. Um, I must've looked like an absolute idiot. I show up on a Friday, hundred degrees, August, right. and I'm in a full suit and tie. <laughs> You know, it's like looking like you're this, 10 years old. Yeah, looking like I'm, I'm literally 19. I mean, this guy saw right through me. But he was like, you know, don't look at offices. You should look at my apartments. And that was, huh. oh, that, was wow. how, that was how I kind of fell into apartments. Now, that's interesting. Yeah. I so the broker that was showing the office bill was like, dude, you don't want to do this. Go do it. He was like, I think office towers are dead for a long time. You uh-huh. should look at our apartment listing. And I didn't look at anything about that. I just, you know, kind of was like, okay, let me write that down. Yeah. Uh, and I started researching, you know, apartment investing. Quickly mm-hmm. figured out it was basically single family, like what I liked with just, a lot more scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I chased, I, I kind of went all in on apartments for, you know, the next three years after that. Yeah. That would have been 08 to 11. Mm-hmm. How'd you um, find your first apartment deal? So I failed miserably for three years. So I had all types of deals kind of put together, tied up, pitching around town. I had all types of partnerships to basically just offer up sweat equity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was using my student loans to kind of tie up deals in a, in a cheap legal way. I'd go to pitch them around town to people. Um, and they just all kept dying on me. Right. And meanwhile, you know, this student loans, 22% interest, it's going from 50 to 60 to 70. Mm. It was up to like 88 or 90. Uh, and, you know, I'm like, oh, boy, I, I did not <laughs> this yeah, do not this the right way. <laughs> and, like, you know, I kind of gave myself till I was 22 because, you know, I was like, that's when I should be graduating college. And that's mm. what everyone thinks I'm doing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I'm so like, nobody knows you're nobody going about knows. town doing an apartment. Nobody knows. Wow. <laughs> uh, I was concerned that they would just be like, you're an absolute moron and uh, shut it down. I mean, I was living at home. I was, I was still living with a couple of my brothers who hadn't gone to college mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. You know, and here I am. I would literally, so probably when I was 20, you know, I was still having to pay for a kid. Um, I was living at home. We were on WIC and Medicaid and Medicare and food stamps mm-hmm. and all that for him. And, and so, you know, I, I was afraid to be caught as this person trying to do real estate deals, but, you know, basically living on my mom's mattress. And so I, uh, I took a job all the way out in like South Lake oh, because wow. I was like, man, if I'm, I can't be a bartender in Dallas. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone walks in and is like, what are you, what are you doing back yeah, there? You yeah. just pitched me a $30 million apartment deal <laughs> that you're right. trying to buy. It's like, you know, so I mean, I drove all the way just all nights and weekends, just, you know, waiting tables at Brio in, in South Lake oh, man. Uh, for years. And so no one knew, you know, and so I'd wear the same black slacks. I'd take off my suit coat. I'd put on my apron and, you know, I'd go to work. And that so, was, what? did that <laughs> no, for, for years. So tell us about a, I'm fascinated by like a typical day. So you're living with your mom and your, and your son, right? Yeah. Is your son living with you or living with his mom? Yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're kind of co-living. We we would switch homes. Okay. So Um, you're living with your mom, your son, your your partner, your brothers are there, obviously, right? A few had gone to college, come, someone come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were kind of, kind of going through it. (laughs) So Uh, what does a day look like? You know, the, the day would, you know, it, I'd, like I said, I, I'd always watch CNBC in the morning mm-hmm. while I'd get him ready for, for daycare. We had a, um, a subsidized daycare thing, so he'd go to daycare all day. Um, I would leave like I was going to North Lake College, and mm-hmm. I would go work on real estate stuff and go to meetings, and I just had my whole, my whole day touring deals. Five, 5.30 rolls around. No, probably about, I had to be at there about four, so... 3.30, I would head to South Lake before, you know, uh-huh. I'd get there at 4, I'd come home at 11, and I'd do it all over again. Dude, you're a savage. And, you, are, man. you know, that was, uh, yeah. I'd tell people I'm going to do real estate one day, and they'd be like, okay, can you get me my tea? <laughs> you know, <laughs> my tea. You know what's crazy about that? And I know that's a, it's, that story is unbelievable, but at the same time, you're pitching these real estate, real estate deals to a lot of really powerful folks here in this city. Yeah. And you had the nerve, like the freaking nerve of, you know what I mean? You yeah. had the, the balls well, to go it. out and pitch. I mean, what, where does that come from, man? What is it? Because you, 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 don't, you, don't um, you, you don't have that back down mentality. Yeah. Where does that come from? I, I, I mean, I just have always felt like there, if, any, if, if anybody else can do something in this world, like, mm. why can't I? I mean, mm. I, had no, I had no real reason to feel that way. You know, I didn't have like a trust fund or anything to kind of catch me if I fell. It was just kind of naive, blind confidence of, I'm just going to will it into existence. Um, and I think where people fall short is they think success will happen quicker than it does. And, you know, um, people look back now and they're like, man, you're 33. You got all this shit. I'm like, man, I feel like I've, like I've lived a long life yeah. of failure and success and failure and success. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard. The best thing I had going for me was that I had I had real I had no real obligations. Mm-hmm. No one expected anything from a 20-year-old. If you're a 35-year-old and you're like I'm going to quit my job and go start a company. Mm-hmm. You've got kids probably, you got school tuition, you got all the bills. That piles up so fast that it puts a year clock at most on mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. And so that was the best thing I had going for me was just I'm just going to will it into existence. And you know, worst thing that happens is I start over at 23, 24 
I go back to school. My dad graduated college at 32. Mm. Turned out mm. fine. I mean, you know, I was like, that's my path if it has to happen. But otherwise, like, take a shot. One shot, right? That's right. One shot, yeah. That's right. So these investors you're meeting with, how are you meeting them? So at the time, like, what's amazing to me is that if you tell people you have a deal and you have a package put together, yeah. people <laughs> – People are curious. Yeah, they, true. You know, yeah. it's not rocket science. Like anybody will listen if you're like, man, I got this deal. These are the metrics. This is where it's at. They'll, they'll take a phone call. They'll take a meeting. And so what happened was I put together these kind of partnerships of what people liked. I was really trying to do development, um, which in hindsight, you know, bad time. People were licking their wounds and, you know, it was a, it was a challenging credit environment. But... I just learned that all the ways people looked at a deal to say no. Mm-hmm. And so the more you learn about how they look at stuff to say no, you figure out what makes them say yes. Mm. And, you know, after a while, I just kind of figured out. Uh, and, you know, in about 2011, I figured out development was not for me. That was truly a rich man's game. You got to mm-hmm. have massive upfront risk. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to have a big balance sheet. You got to be able to weather kind of all types of long timelines. And I was just, you know, I was bleeding out. And, uh, and that was when I switched to what we do today, which is all value-add acquisitions. So now we can buy a deal, which at the same time, buy a deal, I can identify it, never heard of it, might, might have just found it. We can identify, diligence, put the capital together, and be closed in 60, 90 days. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you've got a revenue source, and you've got an income right. and, a, and a job. Um, and that was a lot different than the one to two year timelines of trying to put these development deals together with yeah. the city and capital market yeah. structures and taxes and all the, that was too complicated. All right, I want to take a quick minute to talk about our partner, Choctaw Casino and Resort. Uh, we are really, really humbled uh, and grateful to be a partner for them. If you've listened to the show for any amount of time, uh, you've heard how great the resort is there, how great the casino is, the new expansion. They've doubled in size, 3,000 new slots. They've got unbelievable sports bar. They've got unbelievable restaurants, unbelievable movie theaters, arcades for kids. It is endless, the things that they've not only improved but added. Um, but it's just an the, the experience that they provide is second to none. Choctaw Nation has done an incredible job with the community, with philanthropy, with support. Um, they have just done incredible things. So we are extremely humbled and grateful to partner with Choctaw Casino and Resort. Make sure, I know you know it, it's just a short drive up 75. Go check them out. And now back to the episode. You mentioned the first three years were pretty rough. When did you finally close your first deal? So we finally, finally closed our first deal July of 2012. Who were you working with? Were you working, was this by yourself or were you working with someone? So I, so two people um, that I, so in the, in from 08 through 12, I had different partnerships with uh, groups called Phoenix Property Company, Realty Capital, um, all these different groups trying to develop. I switched in basically lined myself with um, a guy named Skip, who was a retail developer. Uh, he was the other S in S2. Uh, he was a retail developer. He was starting to kind of do apartments. He needed a partner. I needed a partner. Um, and then I brought a guy named Sanjay, uh, who I got connected to through a friend um, that was about my age who had bought you know a small apartment complex. And I was like, man, how'd you do that? Who did it? And he introduced me to this guy, Sanjay. Uh, Sanjay had sold his company he builds, uh, kind of brought like engineering into furniture making. Mm. Uh, I sold it, made good money and was basically looking to back kind of younger entrepreneurs in real estate. And so he brought our first equity check. It was about $2 million from his network. 
um, which at the time seemed like, you know, we were raising a Blackstone fund. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he guaranteed the debt. He kind of brought the, the oh. stuff. And, you know, I just set up shop. I was going to be general contractor. I was going to be the manager. I was going to be, you know, all things on site. And all of a sudden we had a paycheck. Uh, and that was July 2012. Totally messed up the underwriting. Totally messed up the business plan. Really had no idea what we were doing. I mean, yeah. I was totally upside down. Market kind of helped us carried us out 2012 was kind of the market was kind of popping back um and you know lived out there for a year learned the entire business plan from a to z and you know kind of was on our way you lived yeah. in the complex you said i didn't live up there but speech. i just figure uh, yeah speech. figure gotcha. speech i mean yeah. i thought might you, as well have thought yeah. you, I was gonna say, you might as well have yeah yeah so what was that so up to this point you're living off of your paycheck from bartending and then that student loan investment yep. So peace out. Yeah. So you finally got some income from this. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So we structured it. So we had, you know, what they call asset management income. Um, I think at the time it would have been like four grand a month. Okay. Um, and, you know, did that, did some construction management, you know, was able to get some operating income. And so I felt like I was on top of the world. I got a deal done. I had, you know, probably about 60 grand of cash flow with, you know, no overhead or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was learning the business yeah. and, um, did it Sunjay today is our still a largest single investor. Yeah. So mm, it's been, okay. it's been awesome. Did, did that deal feel like what you'd played up in your head? Those years, all that work, all that time. No, I you, got in and I was like, how does anybody do more than one deal in their life? <laughs> this, yeah. Everything is falling apart. It was all terrible. You know, I had rashes all over me cause I was mm. walking in, you know, July punching out units. Yeah. No one would like show up to the job sites. You had management companies that were terrible. So I was like, man, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is my one shot and I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. I mean, we were close. We had to call capital from our investors to kind of save the deal. Um, We couldn't get it stabilized. We were way over budget on our construction and rehab. Mm. We didn't budget enough interest carry for the loan. I mean, it was all going just straight down the tubes and, you know, just grind it out, figured it out. Market kind of recovered for us and we, um, we finally stabilized it in 2013 and we're able to kind of go, okay, let's not yeah. do that again. Yeah. We'll but how many did. lessons did you learn? No, though? that's Goodness. the question that 100%. I have, man. How many lessons did you learn? And, 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 and thinking through this, you learn the business. Like, you cut your teeth yeah. on yeah. every vertical within that business. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, that, is the, um, that is the biggest differentiator for us today. Uh, you know, we go up against really large investment managers and really large capital markets and financial teams, but none of them know the ins and outs like we do mostly um, on the day-to-day on-site operations. And mm. that's truly where your money's made. Um, speed of execution, control control of cost and quality, um, identifying the right deals, knowing where you can really get hurt and pinched um, and all those things. And so learning the business kind of reverse, I learned the capital markets and financial side really after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's been good for us, and I kind of make our team learn it that way too. Right. Yeah. So you get that deal done. It was a little rough, but you yeah. got it done. Yeah. Now you're off to the next one. What? what where'd you go next? So went back to him. We we pulled it out, and <clears throat> it was going to be a good deal. So Sanjay, uh, his company's Trinity. We identified another deal. It was a little bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, found that one. He raised another kind of million eight of equity. It was a seven million dollar deal. Bought that deal, um, went lot much smoother, much better budgeting process, kind of figured out what I was doing. Um, and then 2014 was really when we kind of figured out 
who we wanted to be, what mm-hmm. we were going to do, you know, I was making probably 150 grand a year. And I finally could move out of the house and go set up a real company and, you know, on my merry way. And, um, 2014, we got connected to a group called Pennybacker Capital, which is an institutional fund manager on behalf of a lot of Texas pension funds. And so they were a really small fund at the time. They were probably $30 million. Um, today they're, you know, I don't know, nine, ten billion dollars of equity. Hmm. Um, Not bad. And so we've we've kind of grown together, but they were really our our institutional, you know, rocket fuel. Mm-hmm. They taught us really how how the big boys do it. Right. Um, you know, if you're if you're gonna play in that space, this is how I we, we would do it. And so the, you know, we did thirty five deals with those guys um from twenty fourteen on and then did probably thirty five, forty deals with Trinity mm-hmm. and then, you know, did another fifty ish deals with our own fund and, and investment management model. Yeah. Oh. So kind of figured it out. Yeah, so how many, uh, you're going through all these, you know, and these, and these years are, we're, we're breezing through these years. Yeah. There's a I'll lot. I'll say, 2014, yeah. you started at 07. Like this is, yeah. a, right. that's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah of time it is. It is. To be getting your face punched in. Yeah. Yeah. And, know, that, and knowing what you know now, like from all those years, people, I'm sure people walk up, kids walk up to you all the time and say, hey, how do I get started? Yeah. What's your advice? You know, I tell people, don't overthink it and start with the deal. You got to find, uh, it's what I was telling I mean, the only thing that got me indoors was just, I was willing to put in the sweat equity to find the deal. Mm-hmm. The capital comes last. You'll mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. If you've got a good deal and you're a good person and you can show that you're willing to put in the work, capital, capital wants good deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, from a person that had, you know, a negative $90,000 net worth with no family money, no education, no nothing to be able to get people to invest. It really was nothing more than just showing up, working hard and presenting stuff, you know, that I learned over the first four years of all the reasons people didn't like deals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you finally pitch a good deal, capital's there. Um, because I think capital is the scariest thing to people mm-hmm. uh, in any business, people, tech, venture, whatever it may be. Everyone thinks, well, I need to go raise, I need to go find my money first. Right. And that is impossible because now that we're kind of on the flip side of investing, if you don't have a deal, like get yeah. out, we got other stuff to do. And right. so focus on, focus on the deal. Yeah. I got, I got to, I don't, I don't want to take, all, take no, us you, off this. I just got to ask this question to you again, knowing you, <laughs> but you got to ask this question. Do you think we're all built the same? I I think we're all products of our environment, um, but I think you can be taught. I think, I think you know. No, 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 not taught. You think you're like built, built. I mean, like God built you this way mentally. Uh, like this is who you are. I think. I think everyone is. Yeah, I think a little bit. I mean, I couldn't have been a safety for the Cowboys. So I mean, I wasn't. <laughs> you know, as I think. Yes, I think you are all. We're all kind of built a certain way, but I don't think that that means that you're boxed in from just that birth, yeah. you know, because that would imply that, you know, well, I'm just, that's just who I am. I'm not going to ever have that success or I'm not gonna be able to do that. And I think, I think sometimes it might be more challenging, but like people are like, Oh my God, you must be a financial whiz mm-hmm. or like the memory. I'm like, I'm not, I'm good at it, but you know, I'm not like some guy that you're like spit out financial math mm-hmm. in your head, like on a dime or, or some sort of quant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think what I'm good at is solving problems and not quitting. Mm. 
and that's that's gotten me a long ways. Yeah, yeah I think it's convenient to to tell people that uh, you, you know you just have a gift, or you were just, you know you were just born that way. And I, I I do agree that you are born yeah. with certain skills, but hearing your story, it's convenient for me to say, oh, you're a financial whiz, or oh, you're right, but you're a hustler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're willing to do things that most people are not willing to do. That's your separator. Yep. It's not that you're some, you know, blessed by God savant in, in real estate. It's you were willing to eat shit for seven years. Yeah. Mm. And keep on with a big old smile and keep on going. And I'd say that I have a higher risk tolerance than most for, for risk. And you have mm. to, to be an entrepreneur, but, um, and, and that can be, that can be paralyzing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, some people just see all downside and they don't see the upside and, you know, like, I don't think, my, you know, my, my, but we were going through a management training the other day. And so back to the question, like, are you built a certain way? Yes. My brother underneath me runs our asset management and construction. Mm-hmm. He is a doer and an, he is an operator. Mm-hmm. He has policy and procedures. And, you know, in, in the operating model that we follow, there's visionaries mm-hmm. and there's operators. Right. And I am not an operator. Mm-hmm. I'm a visionary. Mm-hmm. And that just means that I have to surround myself with all the operators that's right. um, yeah. and that's what we've done to be successful so i think you're born, born a certain way for sure but that just means that you need to figure out what your weaknesses are and build around it um and you know i think everyone can learn that you just got to fight through the mm-hmm. fight through the shit yeah. yeah some of us get comfortable and i'll speak for myself i get comfortable in grinding on the things i'm good at so it, it makes me feel good because i feel like i'm working hard but it, i'm never really challenging myself because i'm not pushing outside that box. Yep. Whereas here in your story, you were willing to push out that out of, out of things that you weren't super comfortable with. You were okay with that. Yeah. And I, again, I think that's a, another separator between those that are successful and those that aren't is they're willing to attack the things, attack your weaknesses, just like you just said. Yeah. So that, well, that's, and, that's fascinating yeah. by hearing that. Yeah. Not, not back down, not be scared. Um, you know, and, and one of my favorite things from, from Elon, which, you know, he's kind of gone off the rails a little bit on Twitter <laughs> lately, but one of my favorite things is, you know, <laughs> I, I do too. Uh, one of my favorite things is write down your 10-year business plan or 10-year life plan and try to do it in six months. Mm. You're, mm. you're going to fail, yeah, but you'll be a lot further along than if you try to wait 10 years. Yeah, and that's, that's I, I, I try to take that to, to <laughs> yeah. a good way to look at it. That's good. Yeah. Go, going back to the personal side of your story, because you have four children now. Mm-hmm. So where did you meet your now, now wife, yeah. correct? Where yeah. did you meet your now wife? So How did that all come Yeah, about? so I was... Uh, you know, I, I, so I have three kids with, with, um, my ex-wife. Um, and then I got married this last November. Okay. Um, and which, so I which, have a, by the way, were you there? Yes. I told you about the wedding. <laughs> actually, I was, we were in Cabo at the wedding. Oh, yeah. this yeah. is this one. Oh, it was uh, your wedding. Yeah. Okay. That okay. wedding. Yeah. yeah. Brother. He'll tell you too. Yeah, he, I, he said I doves had, like I, flew in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember half the wedding, but I do remember yeah. there were a couple of nights, but the best wedding. Yeah. We and the fun. best time that I've had. Ever. I think that's where Darren hurt his shoulder. Yeah, it probably, it probably was. was. Dancing so it much. It probably was. I, went back to, I had my old cardboard, bro. started break dancing. <laughs> it, was, it was a good time. So your so oldest we, son, did you end up, did you guys end up getting married? We did. Yeah. So we ended up. Okay. Once I could afford a ring. So we got married when I was 23, got divorced in, I guess, late 16. Okay. Um, but we had, we had three kids. Um, so I was divorced for a while, single. Uh, I, I got back from a fishing trip with a bunch of guys. We drank a bunch and ate like crap. And I was like, man, I need to, I need to just, I need to go hit some heavy, heavy workouts. This like coming up 
And uh, so I literally just Googled the hardest workouts in Dallas. And uh, <laughs> Barry's boot camp popped up. And uh, I saw an instructor on there that, you know, I went to one and then I went to another. And uh, the second one was now my wife. Uh, and I just started hey, working out. Yeah, come no, on, no, man. No. Come you on. You saw an instructor on there. Yeah. Okay. You know, I just happened well, to know. You know she was always full, so I was going to another one, and then I got into her class. And then uh, later kind of started DMing her and hitting on her a little bit. And then uh, – Oh, you slid into the DMs, yeah. huh? Into the DMs. Yeah, man. And, yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we started dating, and I guess it would have been late September 2019 – and then got engaged right before COVID. So we moved, okay. moved pretty so quick. So how, well, how did the dating process go? Because Britt's strong now. Britt is a strong-minded individual. And Britt and my, my wife, Tiffany, hang out a lot. And, and if you know Britt, she's, she's about her business as well. Yeah. She's an yeah. entrepreneur. Yep. She's and awesome. she works her ass off. 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning, has her own oh, know, yeah. business that no, she's, she's running. So did you? how did you see the dynamics in that? Like, I mean... She's a type A personality. You're yep. a type A personality. Did you figure that was going to work? Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things like she's, she'll tell you, she's always worn the pants in the relationship in mm. her mind. And this is the You're first time man. where, yeah. you know, I'm like, uh, we're going to challenge each other a little bit, which uh -huh. is, which is good. Um, so she's, you know, so she worked at Barry's COVID hit. Uh, they kind of uh, pivoted to virtual and she saw the opportunity to kind of start her virtual platform for stay fit, her Instagram or whatever, stay fit Brit. Right, so yeah. her company is stay fit virtual and it's mm. blown up and done awesome. But I mean, she's up six, she's up at four thirty Monday, Wednesday, Friday, teaching mm -hmm. our live classes, you know, grinding it out. And so I think, I think it's been awesome because, you know, we have something to share kind of in that entrepreneurial journey and starting a business. And, mm -hmm. um, but now she's always poking me, you know, it used to be cute when I was showing up to the first couple classes, now that we're married and she pokes me at four thirty, like you doing a workout today? <laughs> nah, I got you. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, close to a billion. If Darren deals. will do it, I'll do <laughs> it. But. And that was just it. So they tried to get me. There was what about three weeks ago? I guess yeah. they had. She had a. Uh, she had one. Was it on top of a building? It was somewhere. Yeah, down, at the downtown, Jewel. At the Jewel. Yeah, she does her little pop up and deal. Tiffany was asking me. And this is. I can tell you. I'm not afraid to say. I, there's a coward in me. <laughs> it lies. I think somewhere. we know that. Yeah, it lies that. somewhere in me. So Tiffany, my wife's asking me, "Why don't you come? Can you come?" And I'm like, "Oh, you know, yeah." What? Because I've gone to a number of classes, and she said it was Brit's class. I was like, nah. "The hell no!" Because <laughs> she, yeah, she, and they're going now. Yeah, so I'm saying, uh, if, you, if, if you ain't there, man, you, you got to make sure. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, my pride was too big, right? I gotta, I gotta get in shape to get to Brit. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, I'll never forget. I was, uh, I was sprinting on the treadmill with, and Troy Aikman was next to me in her class and he put his hands on the rails and just kind of <laughs> I was like damn I guess this is hard uh, yeah I'm like all right I'm fighting through this <laughs> uh more on the parenting do your all children all your children live with you yeah now? okay all children live with me okay um we well I mean we have our split custody, but yeah, you know, sure. they, we, we share the same custody schedule. So yeah. her son and, and my kids go back to their parents. Um, and then week on week off, they come back to us. Um, so it's nice. I mean, we kind of have that week off where, you know, we're not, we can enjoy each other and enjoy our social lives and work and all that, but you still, there's so many activities, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, whether it's meet the teacher, like last night, you know, for back to school or football practices and scrimmages this week, you know, even though it's not technically our week, mm -hmm. I still see the kids all the time. Yeah, and yeah. so it's good. I mean, you know, it, um, we make it work. Um, you know, it's, it's, 
it's a lot of balance, a lot of co-parenting, a lot yeah. of patience. You yeah. know, you're a lot of different dynamics that, you know, you got to work through. But um, so yeah. how do you see foresee raising your kids, man? Do you like you worked at a young age uh, and you work to get get to where you are right now in your life? But how do you see your four babies right now? Are you going to, you know, push them? Are they going to get jobs? Are they going to take old ass kids? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean it's, seriously, yeah. that's, uh, you know, it's it's the number one uh thought in both of Britt and I's head and, and, and their parents as well. How do you kind of, you know, what created you and what you like about yourself? A lot of that has to do with what you were given and your upbringing and mm. you're completely replacing that for mm. these kids. And so you have to be even harder on them about instilling those values. And mm. that's, that's tough, tough yeah. to do. Um, you know, uh, but, but to, I think our credit and, and our children, you know, uh, it's harder to do with six and seven year olds. You know, they don't understand. They're right, they're right. learning, but you're mm-hmm. instilling. You know, clean up after yourself, work hard, get good grades. You know, don't take things for granted, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, my oldest, he'll be fifteen this uh, couple months or so, two months. Um, but he had his first job this year with us over the summer. He was picking up trash as a porter, mm. um, and he awesome. was excited about it. You know, he didn't do it a ton. He he had football. Uh, he had football over the summer and some basketball camps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he did what he could. But you know. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for four or five hours. When yeah. he could, he'd go pick up trash and get a paycheck. Now, did you was, make him do this, or did he want? I to actually, offered it to him as uh-huh. a as an opportunity, um, and he was like, "Absolutely, I'd love to." Mm-hmm. Um, so we coordinated travel, and you know, he went and picked up trash in the right. middle of the heat of the day in in July, and uh, got his first paycheck. It was like uh, I think it was like seventy nine bucks or something. And ah, good. Yeah, yeah. He loved it. Yeah. Um, so I was proud of him. Yeah, I think you nailed it. That. You grew up a certain way, three brothers, one bathroom. You started at 18, you had a kid, you yep. had to hustle. So all these things that shaped you, yep. your kids are not going to have to firsthand go through, hopefully. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you nailed it, which is how do I replace So all the things that shape me, you don't want your kids to struggle, but you know they need to struggle. Right. You know there needs to be some of that introduced to them. And so it sounds like you have that right mentality. How do you appropriately introduce that struggle? Well, I mean, I talk to friends all the time. It's like, you know, what's the, I mean, people debate what's, you know, do you give your kids enough to do something, but not enough to do nothing? Mm. Do you give them nothing? Do you just, how do you kind of, and my philosophy is like, you know, I, I had the privilege of, I got to go sit down with Michael Dell and pick his brain and just kind of understand like, what, what, you, what have you learned over life's lessons? And, you know, I mean, it comes down to like, I'm rich, you're not rich. Mm. Like, Dad has worked his butt off and taken risks and done things to provide. You haven't. And you're going to have to prove your way. And I'm not here, you know, I'll set you up with insurance and I'll make connections for you to help you out. But, I mean, I'm pretty dug in on my kids aren't getting money. Um, If I were to die, like, yes, okay, I want you guys to, they're they're too young. Sure. Um, But I'm not doing some, you know, at 25 you get X amount of dollars and at 30, like, that's my money. Yeah. Right. You need to go work for your money. And mm-hmm. you need to and the worst thing that I think I can do to a kid, especially anybody who has any sort of motivation, is to take that enjoyment away from them to create something for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you look at all these kids that, you know, whether they did or didn't, if dad gave you a hundred thousand dollars to start your business, that's all you're known for the rest of your life, no matter mm-hmm. if it grew to fifty billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I promise you, you can give a lot of people a hundred grand and they will lose it. Yeah. So sure. it's still not relevant, but you do take away that, 
you know, that joy of truly creating yeah. something for yourself. I want to take a quick break and thank our partners, Sleep Number, and highlight a couple of things they're doing. Guys, these Sleep Number beds are unreal. The technology that they've created, the feedback that it gives you on your sleep. I've got the app opened up right here. They tell you things like your heart rate, your heart rate variability, your breathing rate, all these type uh, metrics and feedback to give you so that you can improve your quality of sleep. They're all over the place. You can go and check yourself out at Sleep Number store wherever you live. Go to sleepnumber.com as well. They've got great resources on there. We just talked about this not too long ago. They have a whole blog section, all these articles, things that you can improve your health. Sleep Number is definitely changing the game when it comes to betting. So get yourself to Sleep Number. Get yourself to sleepnumber.com and check them out. Now back to the episode. Yeah, you, you mentioned Michael Dell today. What what still who still inspires you? Is there someone out there right now that inspires you every day to say, "Man, I need to get up and I got to match that intensity." You know, um, we follow we follow Starwood really closely, and, and Barry Sternlicht is, mm-hmm. a, is a guy that I really look up to, and I've gotten to do a lot of transactions with them and get to see. I mean. He kind of, you know, a little bit of a similar. He was an entrepreneur young and started it. And I've got a printout of his timeline of, you know, he's probably 60 now. He's got about a $100 billion AUM company, mm-hmm. all in commercial real estate, private equity. Um, and to see him like 545 in the morning on CNBC telling, you know, what he thinks is mm-hmm. going to happen this week. I'm like, this guy's like yeah. still just grinding <laughs> and, yeah. you know, raising the next big fund and competing and opening offices and, those people, you know, I, I feel like everyone always looking up to somebody and, um, you know, I was trying to keep pace and, you know, keep our 10 year plan and strategy on pace. But, yeah. um, you know, but I also love that, you know, there's, there's more to life than just money and success. I mean, so follow a lot of interesting people on Instagram that are successful, but also very fit. Um, Strauss Selnick, right. um, yeah. you know, uh, guy's 65 years old. Yeah. And looks like he's 20. Um, <laughs> And, you know, runs Take-Two Interactive and all these other billion-dollar companies. So all those types of people are super interesting. I, right. I don't have it in me where I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it 4.30 and go run 10 miles today. Mm. Like, right. Yeah. I've tried to be that guy. Yeah. I'm not that not guy. Not having it. You're, you're that guy in other ways. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't you know, manifest I, in running. I read maybe, about it. I'm like, yeah. man, that's, that'd be cool. But, yeah. yeah. Ooh, what, okay, so like the other one I got for you. What is it about Britt that inspires you? She is extremely committed well, a she's she's an amazing parent. She's an amazing spouse. She's selfless and truly puts everybody, uh, especially in her family, above her. And um, she's got a lot of passion and energy for life and for what she does. Mm. Um, and she's not content. You know, some people would say like, "Okay, well, you know, you've you've got a good life and good whatever. Like, why do you need to work?" And she's just not content with that. Right. She mm-hmm. wants to be great parent she wants to be a great stepmom she wants to be a great wife she wants to build her business she wants to open up new locations she wants to expand um you know she really isn't just content just kind of just hanging around yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know i a lot of people wouldn't be that way yeah. um so i really admire that yeah. yeah and i've by no means made tons of money in my life but i've you know i'm finally to a place where we can breathe a little bit and and i used to think that way i used to think man why would you keep working like you yeah. you don't need any more money like what are you yeah. doing what you come to realize is to your point money's not everything no. and, and yes it feels good i would rather have the problems that i have now versus when i didn't have money but it's not like it changes everything and it's not like all your everything yeah. goes away 
certain point, a, a hamburger is a hamburger. Right. Yeah. You know, and um, there certainly are conveniences in life that money buys. And but once you have your basic necessities covered, mm-hmm. you know, life's all about if you're if you're miserable, poor, you're going to be miserable, rich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't change enough. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, you I, see that all the time with especially athletes and yeah, stuff, man. Absolutely. They, it's it's tough out there. Yeah, yeah. You you've said it before, Darren. Colleague, money just makes you more who you are. It's make, yeah. Exactly. What, whatever you were before, just you're an you, asshole before. Yeah, you're right. gonna be an asshole yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a bigger asshole. Yeah, in. yeah. It so. amplifies for yeah. sure. You, you mentioned reading was big for you growing up. What do you What do you read now? Like, what what books are you interested in? What What things are you drawn to now? Well, now it's so interesting because podcasts have brought all these very interesting people into a readily available format mm-hmm. like that you just didn't really used to have. Yeah. Um, so I love different podcasts. Um, I like, so I like to do a lot of morning walks. That's, you know, before weights. And mm-hmm. that's usually when I'm listening to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of audible now with books. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm always learn. I'm, I'm always trying to read. I'm always trying to read about, I like, I just like business biographies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, Sam Zell's biography was awesome. Ben Horowitz's, um, Ben you know, Horowitz, it, what does he do? That uh, Andreessen right. Horowitz, they're, you know, uh, one of the top okay. venture capital firms in, in the country or what, world. What's the Blackstone guy? What's his name? Steve Schwartzman. Yeah. Have you read his? So his was came off like a little bit pompous, you know. That's what I mm. thought. Mm. I'm like, I, man, I, I don't like that. So I really yeah. liked King of Capital, and I really liked his partner, Pete Peterson, wrote a book. Okay. Um, uh, and, you know, Pete would have been probably 70 when he wrote it. So he had a little bit more of a different take, and he, you know, he – I really enjoyed those. Didn't like his latest one. Kind of came across like, you know, I mean, I get it. He's got $300 billion of assets. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But still. I'm, I'm with you. Humble. Mm-hmm. Humility goes a long way. Yeah. Sam Zell's was amazing. Um, his is called Am I Being Too Subtle? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the guy is, you know, a titan of industry. He's just done amazing. And he is just still to his core just exactly who he was, I think, 40 years ago. Wow. Um, you know, he'll tell like it is. He's not afraid to – you know, be politically incorrect sometimes. Um, you know, he's he's just very transparent and open about, you know, his business and who he is, what he does, and why success and why not. And just really enjoyed, you know, those types of books. Michael Dell's book was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I like to just read about people who have, you know, I'd say, I'd say 50% of the books you read, you don't learn it that much. You know, you're just kind of getting through it. But then there's that one thing that you might, it might spark a, deeper dive into something that can really change. And I've just, I found reading really motivates me just focusing on what other people have accomplished to kind of keep me going. What are the podcasts you you're interested in? You know, um, the ones besides one shot. shot, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, besides this one, one. (laughs) I'd say, uh, well, uh, the billionaires podcast is a really good one. Okay. Uh, I think it's called the investors podcast, but it's called we study billionaires. Mm -hmm. Um, Capital Allocators is a great one. They kind of talk about people that are running capital allocation shops and investment management shops. Uh, all In Podcast, do you guys listen to that at all? Uh, I think I've uh, heard of it, but I Jamoth don't Jamoth and David Sachs. And so I, I like them a lot because they've got a lot of different – they've got left, Republican, they've got rich, mm. they've got, you know, kind of rich. Um, it's called All In? All In. Mm, and sure. it just kind of tackles, like, what's going on in the world. And oh, you've got cool. some people who have – you know, so Chamath was one of the original Facebook guys. You know, he's made a lot of money. David Sachs was one of the original PayPal guys. Mm. Um, you know, you've got some really, really smart people that have a lot of different opinions and views. So you get you get smart people debating 
um, different things going on in the world. Huh. And it's yeah. just, you know, it's good good conversation. Right. Um, we'll see if they can keep it going because they've been having some, uh, you know, you, you sh- they've had some fame lately. And I think yeah. just, man, fame changes people. Oh, yeah, and does. you can yeah. tell that they're starting to kind of eat it up a little right. bit. Right. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Fame changed Aaron, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about, so somebody wants to get into real estate or, or they're young and like you, and you had to go research, what are some like how-to yeah. type books that you would point yeah. somebody, like what's a great starting I mean, point? I mean, the easy one, um, Confessions of a Real Estate Entrepreneur. Mm. I, you know, gave it to my oldest son. I think that's something, you know, starting out, anybody should just kind of study. Mm-hmm. Um, we've debated kind of doing something similar to that because it's nothing crazy or, or exciting. It just walks people through, this is how I did a deal. This is all the nuances of the deal. Mm. Here's how the deal made money. Let's look at another deal. And you forget as you, when you get into this business and you've done it so many deals, you forget how much, you know, things seem so complicated. And if you just kind of take the time to break it down and step by step, it, it can be really valuable, yeah. uh, mm. really valuable for people. So confessions of a real estate entrepreneur, um, Mavericks of real estate financing. Um, uh, what I always tell people is just, Focus on things that focus on how institutions think. Don't start with like the gitchy, you know, Grant Cardone 10X your life kind of crap. Like just avoid <laughs> I that. I read that book years ago. <laughs> just stay away from it. Don't ever look at it. Yeah. You know? I read it's, that book years yeah, ago. Yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much, yeah, it's very much what you're describing. Yeah. And yeah. like, you, I see like thousands of these kids and people that they fall into that trap. And yeah. that's why these guys are flying around in jets. I mean, people pay all this money to... But if you're learning from someone whose business is to just teach you how to do what they should already be doing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, I mean, they'd be doing it. Yeah, they wouldn't huh. be selling you a ten thousand dollars seminar. So right. stay away from that. Yeah. You know, focus on institution books. It's boring. It's not as fun, but it'll teach you the. Man, the there's stuff so much stuff. I mean, when I first started reading, like especially books, business books, and I'm coming from a football background, <laughs> so I always figured out when I was playing, it, we were we're shelters. We you know you're just playing football. It's what yep. we do. And I always wanted to reach out to figure out, okay, how do I get started in business? What does business look like? And I remember picking, I can't remember, my, my agent gave me, the, gave me the book on for Christmas. And, dude, I opened this book, and it was like, it was speaking a different yeah, language. Yeah. Like I couldn't understand terminology, <laughs> everything that was coming on. Yeah. I had to go back and read the definition. and try. It was just hard to hang on. Yep. Hang on to. So I think a lot of what you're saying as well is, man, you got to start – it's almost like you got to crawl. Yeah. yeah. You really had to crawl. Sometimes you got to read a book. Sometimes that may not work out. Go get a, get on a, a podcast. Yeah. And listen to those things. But terminology well, means a it's lot. A, it's amazing off. today. So like what I used was Khan Academy. I don't mm. know if y'all are familiar yeah. with it. Yeah. You want to learn economics, economics, you want to learn microfinance, you want to learn anything. This guy has literally created Harvard for free mm-hmm. with an instructor that'll walk you through all the different things of all the different ways that people do the, the whole world works. It's, it's, I mean, there's so much out there for people mm. who just want to learn. Um, yeah. and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be super time consuming. You can learn in pieces, skip what's not interesting. You know, that's what's, you know, we spend so much of our time just kind of like learning generic stuff in, in the education system, find out what you love, find out your passion inch wide, mile deep, and just, Learn mm. everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. You're right. There's so much out there. And the excuse a lot of people make, there's just so much out. I don't yeah. know where to start. The worst thing you can just be as a generalist. Yeah. Mm. Start with something. The worst thing you can be as a generalist in this world. 
Yeah. Got to be an expert in something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of have picked our sector and our niche, and that's where we're experts at. And everyone's always like, well, why don't you get into industrial? Why don't you get into single families what development? Why, what? That's not what that's not what we know. It's not what we're good at. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you start having success and you start thinking, you know, I was good at this. I'll be good at this too. And that's when you start getting into trouble. Yeah. Where, where's the ba- balance? But where is that for you of – Attacking weaknesses versus knowing your strengths. Where, for you personally, where does that? Where do you fall on that? Um, I feel like, um, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good at just identifying whatever my weaknesses are. I'm good at just building around them, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm good at empowering people to take ownership of whatever that is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I found that you know, building companies and and leadership and all that is people want to feel like they have control over what they're doing. And for us, like, you know, my CFO, my COO, all these people, they're operators and and my strengths are one thing. And, and I'm really good at big picture. I'm really good at problem solving. I'm a really quick decision maker. So I'm not paralyzed by all the indecisiveness that can happen at, mm-hmm. the, at the top of a leadership chain. Um, and I'll make a decision and I'll put it in their hands and, they feel empowered to go execute. And, you know, once that happens, like, that's how you scale. Mm, right. um, and that's how you grow. You got yeah. good people around you, huh? Got to have good people. Yeah. It is game And I know your family works with you, too. Your brothers work yep. work along with you. How, how's that going? How yeah, you, it's great, man. Um, you know, certainly no nepotism. We don't want to ever feel like, you know, they're somehow, you know, more in front of anybody else. But they they get along with everyone and they work their butts off. Mm-hmm. They're very smart. Um, they're super bought in. They love the company. They love the people we all work with. Right. Everyone likes them. Um, you know, I mean, the, the story is like my brother was coming out of tech, my first one. I, uh, he was my first employee and his, basically his in-laws were like, you know, don't go work for that guy. Like he's running like a fly by night real estate shop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can go get a nice job at, you know, an accounting department, make good money and whatever. And he, he took a risk. He was like, you know, I think I'm going to go with Scott. And, uh, I mean, S2 wouldn't be what it is today had he mm. not joined. Right. Um, he is he is the executor on, on all things my crazy vision comes up with. <laughs> and um, and then, you know, right after that, I, I hired Megan from Pricewaterhouse, mm-hmm. you know, and she took over all the accounting and, and, and capital markets functions. And, um, you know, then, then so – then Jared, you know, I was like, Jared, I'm not, I'm not building a family company here. Like mm-hmm. this isn't going to be some, you know, all of us work together, weird thing. Right. And, uh, you know, so, but I'll introduce you to some friends for whatever reason, you know, I don't know if he just has terrible interview skills or what <laughs> he couldn't get anything. <laughs> so I was like, well, guess what? I'll give you an internship, yeah. <laughs> but you have until August 5th, you have until August 15th and you got to go if you don't have anything. And he starts doing a good job and he's working hard, you know, and, and we're like, okay, fine. Like yeah. you can stay. And, you know, and he's mm-hmm. been just amazing. Um, and then my last brother was like, you're not buying me. So <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm going to go, I'm going to go work in the investment brokerage. So he goes and works for one of my best friends. And uh, about six months goes by. He's like, hey, can we get coffee? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I know where this is going. Okay. Where this is going. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and, and he's been awesome. So. Yeah. You know, we keep each other in check. Right. And I think that's a big part of just everyone staying humble and, yeah. you know, working hard. Right. Any brotherly fist fights in the office yet? Nothing yet. <laughs> I wish. Sometimes I wish. I wish. Yeah. Uh, 
but no, I mean, you know, we, we, it's so funny. I think we're all so chill, um, but we fought growing so up, much huh? growing oh, up. Oh, yeah. I mean, just trying you, yeah. to kill each other. Yeah. Um, but I now we're you. like just super laid back. Yeah. And we had Andy Frisella and his, uh, his brother Sal. Sal yeah. on, and oh, my God, dude, you got the stories, those two. I mean, still to this day, they're probably yeah. still fist fighting fist yeah. Fight. Yeah. in yeah. the office, man. It's just, yeah. you know. Yeah, a, brother, do you know who Andy is? Andy Frisella? Yeah. 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 MFC, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he talks about. Still is they're thirty, they're forty two and yeah, whatever, they're forty five, still this fight. So so what's next, man? What's next for Scott Everett? Not S two Capital. What's next for Scott Everett? For me, you know, I get a lot of joy out of helping others kind of get where they're trying to go. Um, that happens to be at the company mostly. Um, you know, I'm really starting to enjoy my kids' ages. I mean, we kinda joked about mm. it. You don't like they're tough to deal with when they're one, two, three. Right. Like, yeah. so I finally got you know they're all kind of six, six, seven, eight, fourteen now. Um, so I think these are really pivotal years for them. I'm fortunate enough to where I don't have to be at the office eighty hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to put in a lot of time with them and help them kind of shepherd along their life. Um, but man, I, I, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started. Honestly, like mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, I'm 33. I. I don't have any desire to ever retire. I mean, I could, I could do what I do for eternity. I, I love it. I love the team. I love working with everybody we work with. Um, you know, the, the, the aspect of it is like, you, you get to stop focusing on stuff you don't want to work on. Right. You know, we mm, can right. afford to hire people to do stuff that maybe I don't find exciting, but, um, you know, I just want to keep, you know, um, having, having a lot of fun, having a lot of, uh, enjoyment with my kids and try to grow, grow the company as, you know, yeah. we're just competitive. It's hard to sit still. Yeah. Yeah. You built it the first time around through 2008, the great recession. Yeah. We're on some uncertain times now. What are you seeing? Are there any similarities to back? What are you seeing in the market now? Yeah. Um, the credit markets basically blew up in April. Um, you know, fed commentary kind of spooked everybody and it blew out credit spreads pretty good. Uh, we were also navigating our largest transaction to date right in the mm-hmm. middle of that. So, uh, we didn't close it until July 10th. So basically, you know, had we had um, $20 million of our company's money at risk that we didn't get back, we didn't close. Wow. And that went hard basically April 1st. Wow. Markets fell apart, couldn't get a loan. Everybody, you know, KKR, Blackstone, Nuveen, uh, Starwood, everyone pulled off their credit terms. Um, and so we were, we were kind of out there for a little bit. Um, kind of willed it together, pulled it all off, closed that thing July 15th took a huge breather and uh and are kind of back to it now um we took a couple weeks off in the summer and i'd say that from july 15th to today it's starting to feel like we're turning a corner i mean you know the the fed obviously you know s&p's rallied 12 14 percent um credit spreads are coming back down to earth you know 10 year went from three and a half down to two six two seven um so there's a lot of you know, but then you're also technically in a recession. You had two negative quarters of GDP. Um, that's not the that's not the definition. Yeah, anymore. according yeah. to Biden, we're not. You know, another last Don't 300 you do that years. Crazy talk over yeah, there. yeah. So you know, it's it's weird. It's like you know, uh, manufacturing index is falling off a cliff. Yet you know, consumer sales are growing. Um, you know, we have one major war going on. We have, you know, Pelosi flying to Taiwan and yeah. almost getting shot yeah. down. Yeah. I mean, it's. A lot of reason to be just a little bit cautious yeah. at the moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like looking back on the history of America that 
you know, we're in as good a spot as we've we've been. I mean, you know, we're, we're you think back to people who had to go World War One, World War Two after the Great Depression in the middle, like there is a lot of things that we've overcome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like, man, I don't know if it's just social media or what, but coming out of COVID, coming yeah. out of all this stuff, it just seems like we've never been more negative as a country yeah. ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it is just mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I always, frustrating. De- I always debate that in my head. And, Darren, you can speak to this yeah. better than I can, but I do always wonder, is social media just amplifying what yeah, we've always yeah, done? Or is it truly that we are more negative. I don't know. Darren, what, what do you think? No, I think it's the same. I think it's just amplifying what not everybody has a voice. Yeah. And you're, and they have a loud voice yeah. and, and you know, everyone has an opinion, which we've mm-hmm. always had opinions. Sure. But you just things. didn't hear it. It just didn't. I didn't hear know it. your opinion in Phoenix, Arizona exactly. when I'm living in Texas. Right. I, I couldn't hear your opinion. Right. It, my, the opinions I heard were my small group community. Mm-hmm. Now my community is Phoenix, Arizona, right. Seattle, it's Washington, yeah. DC. Yeah. I can hear everybody's to, to your point. So you think it's it's not necessarily human beings have changed. I, it's more just it's amplified. It's, Is that absolutely. what you think? Absolutely. That's my opinion. I think yeah. it's amplified, but I think there's also uh, there's a there's a huge pivot on how the media is essentially paid. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's, True. it's clicks mm-hmm. and it's eyeballs. Absolutely. And yeah. Yeah. It, is, it, yep. is, it has changed just all of it. Uh, yeah, there's so much noise. you gotta you got to stand out. you got to filter. Now you're starting yeah. to have people who are like on the opposite side that – are recognizing, hey, there's an opportunity to just be transparent, open, and not unbiased. Yeah. So you're kind of seeing those people come around. Yeah. Uh, I, who knows? Yeah. Um, but, you know, from like a financial standpoint, I mean, I, do I think it's like GFC or, you know, 2007, eight? Not seeing that. I mean, we have a lot of strong, healthy fundamentals. We're certainly not in like a massive, at least not in Texas especially. Um, mm. You know, it seems like, we just get inundated with tenant requests, job relocations. Mm-hmm. You know, you see mm-hmm. it. I see it every day. Yeah. It's um, yeah. there's nothing slowing down the Texas economy right now. Um, so I think we, I think we hit a bump. And even in 07, Texas was first shallow and out. Um, right. And so, you know, for for home base, we still feel really good. That's I don't good. get the sense you're a pullback kind of guy. I feel like you you go. We're ahead trying on. to be patient, <laughs> but yeah. it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know, we um, we will have. You know, we we bought about two billion last year. We'll have bought probably about two billion, uh, I think a billion eight through July, mm-hmm. and so we have to decide: do we want to keep on going? And you know, but there's risk there if if sure. we're wrong, right? Like sure. everyone's looking at you, and you know, you can do. It, it takes one bad deal to undo 150 good ones. And right. mm. I tell our team that all the time. It's just got to be got to be hyper focused right now and hyper aware. Yeah. So so what, go ahead. I was. Is there a place for you know, the the mid-30s dad who doesn't have time to go read about how to real invest in real estate and, you know, be an entrepreneur, doesn't doesn't want to be an entrepreneur, but has some extra money, some savings, doesn't know what to do with it. Is there a place for that? What do you tell those type of people who just want to write a check yeah. because they have some extra cash on hand? You know, we, um, we don't do a ton of like what you'd call syndication. Mm-hmm. We do some of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good shops out there that do kind of allow, you know, I, I, what you would call doctor and dentist money type money. It's, you know, the $50,000, $100,000 checks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you have to be really cautious in that environment. You know, there's the crowd, there's the kind of crowdfunding these days. Mm-hmm. It's heavy, heavy fee load and lack of transparency on performance. Um, so I would just, you know, there's certain, there's a thousand opportunities for people that want to put money to work. You know, the good thing is alternatives are becoming 
so much more accessible to the high net worth kind of population, um, you know, through that kind of a credit investor act that they passed a few years ago. Um, and so you will see a lot of different opportunities out there. I would focus first and foremost on just track record of sponsor, right? You know, make sure they've been around for five, six, seven years. No one, you know, someone had been in the business a year or two versus someone's been in the business eight, 10, you're not going to really get a different deal. You know, that person's not going to give the, as an investor, you're not going to get a better or worse deal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if things were to fall apart, you'd much rather be with the person that's been around for a yeah, long time. Longevity, sure. yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. Go well, ahead, D. No, I was going to, well, I forgot what I was going to ask now. So I was, Sorry. You, got, you interrupted. Because <laughs> basically, your question, your, the question he was trying to ask. I was talking about me. I was trying to get money, and which just totally distracted yeah. me. Because I, like, I am new to this. Just asking, Ben. Yeah. Just asking. Yeah. I, I yeah. throw yeah. it at you. I am yeah. new to this whole world. I, and I don't. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I hate the phrase, I don't have the time. Because I do have the time if I wanted it. I just choose not to make the time for that particular thing. So that yeah. is. And, and I feel like my friend group, it's. We're all starting to kind of do a little bit better now. Yeah. We're in that state. We're not freaks like you that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, at 33. But but I mean, our website, you know, you can go on, you can learn about, you know, who we are, what we do. And then there's a, you know, a link to talk to like our investor relations team. And then we just send people that we get to know. We send them our deck. We send them deals. They get to pick and choose what they want to participate in. Awesome. Um, you know, and it's, it's a very passive, yeah. you know, you let us deal with all the, the headache, headaches. Yeah. It's I like that. Yeah. Sounds See, good to there me. There you go. There I appreciate you, go. you just didn't want to ask. Right, yeah, I, I, like, Damn, I, I, I was nervous. I heard the billion dollars, and I, yeah, I got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, man, we're going to run up on time here, man. But uh, look, I, I, again, Scott, I've known you for a while, known the family for 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 some time, and uh, your your lovely wife, and she kicks your ass every day. I know that it's similar to mine. Yeah. Uh, but man, we just really appreciate you being on the show today, man, because mm, there's so many, and Scott, you know, Ben just asked a, a simple question. There's so many people that are, 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 are listeners right now. Mm-hmm. They just need to know who, where you are, where they can find you one. Cause they're going to want to read about you. You need to do a book. You need to do a dang <laughs> Heck book. Hell. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. But there's so many people right now that are looking and thirsting for information, man. And first of all, how can they find you? You can go on uh, our website, s2cp.com. Um, S2CP.com? Yep. Okay. Yep, S2 Capital. So you said you have resources on there, like informational. Yeah, you can just yeah. go to our investor relations thing and um, yeah. submit, and we, we go right to us. We can get in contact. Um, so that's the easiest way. And, you know, I am uh, I was on Twitter, and then I got off Twitter, so I'm done with Twitter. What would you say? Uh, <laughs> you know, my general, my, you say? <laughs> my general counsel was, like, starting to, like, get gray hair. <laughs> You know, I'm like, ah. I was getting, a, Joe yeah. Rogan describes it as it's just a, it's just a bunch of apes throwing shit at each other. That's all <laughs> yes, Twitter is. It really is. And I quickly found, I, I, uh, I did a podcast probably four or five months ago and my, my buddy there, he, you know, he's big into Twitter. He hundred thousand followers or whatever. Mm. And, you know, he's like, Scott, you should really get on Twitter. And this was a couple of months ago. Man, I haven't been on Twitter in years. I don't want to be on Twitter. And I got on and there's, there's a, big real estate community on there. And so, you know, I got nine, 10,000 followers, you know, in a couple of months and mm-hmm. everyone's reaching out and all this crap. And, uh, it caused so many freaking headaches for me. I couldn't believe <laughs> really? how many people lurk uh-huh. on Twitter. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'd post something and I was trying to be just kind of open and transparent about what we're up to, what my thoughts are, you know, we're going through a lot of volatility. I mean, I was getting 
investor calls, general partner calls, you know, council uh, attorneys, wow. people writing like, delete that now. You're not, you know, that's violation of the PSC. You know, it's like, yeah. this ain't worth it, man. Yeah. I'm yeah. out. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, so that, so that's gone, you know, um, but <laughs> truthfully, yeah. Website, go right to our email. We'll love yeah. to talk to anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You got to rest. I didn't know that. I was. I want to know. Like, he's not giving us the dirt. I want to yeah. fucking dirt. What's the dirt, man? What'd you say? You call somebody out of their name? Dude. No, no, no. Well, you, talk about, you talk about somebody's mama. Is that what you, you do? Yeah. yeah. No. You know what pissed. I really learned is that you know. So I I reopened my Twitter uh, to get back on, mm. and there were a lot of tweets from like 2012, 11, yeah. 13. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, that is not oh, bueno. Yeah, that ain't. so you know, all of a sudden, these people, you know, we have people that put 100, 150 million bucks with us. They run pretty deep background checks. Mm. Oh, and oh, I was yeah. getting sent some screenshots. You know that I was like, no, yeah, yeah. this is this is not okay. Yeah, no, not so we had tell. to delete. Yeah, there's no there's no benefit for you on there. No. Yeah, just but that's away. just like athletes. We think about athletes, man. I mean, just think about it. all these years you, you get guys like, you know, like Kevin Durant. He he can't stay off. Of yeah. Twitter or, or yeah, commenting on that, he just can't. But think about it: we get we've getting criticized forever. If I was still playing, even when I was at ESPN, if I said one thing about the Eagles, oh my god, yeah, but they would burn the house down, call my mom name, and everybody. If you read that stuff, man, well, that's what I found oh. out is like I'm just trying to give my opinion on stuff, and I had a couple tweets go like super viral. And I mean, I had one comment. I just deleted it. Uh, it was something uh, I don't even remember, but it was I got twenty two hundred separate individual comments. Wow! Uh, over mm. a, a day wow. of people basically just being like, "You dumbass yeah. mother!" Like <laughs> yeah. you know, you're just a total. It, it's like, man, who taught you this? Like, well, who are these people just running around just? They're not people. Much. That's the problem. Elon yeah, proved exactly. their fake account. Exactly. They're bots. They're bots. Exactly. Yeah. It was so bizarre. So I was like, I'm, I don't want this stuff. Yeah, post and, post and ghost, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Don't read the comments. Yeah. There's nothing good in those comment right. sections. Right. It's, it's fake people, and it's people just trying to get, yeah. get you riled yeah. up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Man, this was fun. Uh, you yeah. know, that's why Thank I love you. this podcast. It's people from all walks of life, all different professions, and everybody's got a story. And, and we could have met you know, on Darren's house at some point. I would have not, not known any of this stuff. Yeah. And so it's fun to hear and, and see the yeah, journey no, it's, behind it's the, to, the massive success, man. And it's yeah. what impressed me. A lot of things impressed me about your story and about your hustle. What really impressed me and what stuck with me just as a father is how you're raising your kids and, yeah. and, and the mentality yeah. you're taking of, hey, this is my money, not your money. You're going to earn it. And I love that. That was yeah. very impressive. That's impressive that you're taking that yeah. that mentality. So I appreciate you coming on. I'll man, let you know it goes that. in 15 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's good It's good in the in the AC on, what, August 15, 2022. Yeah, we'll, that's right. We'll, exactly. see in, yeah, we'll see in a few years. So, Darren, you got any else? Yeah. Any oh, man, just, hey, thanks again, brother. You've been always, always been special. Yeah, man, so thanks thanks for having me on, guys.